HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. All right, everybody. Welcome, everybody, to the show Life's a Banquet, the show that's edible, spreadable, and Zara. Horrible. Starring your hosts, me, Brent and Scott, and me, Zara Tangora. A show about ostriches, wine, and dough. <laughs> I'm drunk. <laughs> Always. Life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet, banquet. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Life's a Banquet, the podcast. The podcast about the ups and downs of all things edible, spreadable, and... Horrible! Starring B and Z. That's short for Breton and Zara, because... Hey! Sorry. What? Go ahead. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to get into the podcast. Should we say everything at the same time? That would, that would be, be really, really weird. weird if the, the entire, entire podcast, podcast was spent, spent you, and, you I and I just just speaking. I'm good. I, I, I'm pretty good at that. that. <laughs> Stop, Stop it. it! Stop copying me! Stop copying me! <laughs> Hi, Bren. Hey, what's up? I oh. missed you. Oh my god, I'm exhausted. <laughs> Bren was away this week, and I really missed you. I just want to say we are just reuniting, and it feels so good. I missed you too. I actually thought, okay, so first of all. First and foremost, listen, everybody. I had the the classic, quintessential summer, like, like Midwest kind of Americana summer weekend for oh, Labor fabulous. Day. That's right. It's, what did that entail? Uh, county fair. <gasps> I went to Sheboygan County Fair. Oh my god! Does I get any better than that? <laughs> it was it. You know, it didn't, and it was some of my dreams were. Some of it was disillusionment. Mm. Some of it was surprise. Right. Uh, much like life. Yes. Uh, the things yes, that I thought, yes. yeah, the things that I thought were going to be exciting weren't, and some other things that I didn't think were going to be exciting were. Like what? Uh, the, the some of the fried fair food was not. Mm. I thought before I left, I'm like, oh my god, funnel cakes and yeah, corn on the cob, and yeah. uh, there was one really good thing, uh, and. So Sheboygan, which is right near Plymouth, which is known for cheese in Wisconsin. Now the with Sargento cheese heads, mm-hmm, cheese heads, the Sargento factory. Are we recording? Yeah, we chat. Yeah, Sar- Sar- yeah. So, this is real. It's really this, happening. <laughs> am I? Is, no, you're still asleep. <laughs> uh, the Sargento factory mm-hmm. is is in Sheboygan, and I'm not saying it has the best cheese ever, but there's a lot of cheese. And they had a very, there's the Lions Club. You know the Lions Club? Mm. It's a volunteer kind of like the Rotary Club. Oh yes, of course. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't know what they have in the East Coast. We have the Knights of Columbus. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, is there it's the Italian faction. What are the ones with like, the big hats, the big red hats? That's the KKK. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, that's yes. Santa. Oh, yes. Well, they had a lovely grilled cheese. <laughs> I donated tons of money. No, you know, they're like the guys that ride in the little scooters and they're like, they're oh, kind of. Yeah, it's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, yeah we'll think of that. Uh, so, so the Lions Club. The Lions Club had grilled cheese sandwiches available for $3 at a the piece. Fair? At the fair? Okay. You didn't have to buy tickets or anything. You just gave them cash. Whoa. And they had... Were br- they good? It was called rye with brick. Rye rye bread Okay. with brick cheese. I love it. I don't know what brick is, but it's a... Government cheese. Government cheese. But yeah. it was a little... It was a little nutty. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little nutty. It's, it was like a white... Monterey white cheddar, I guess. Yeah, it was just white for like white. It was very delicious. For white people by white people. So then I went on to find my cheese curds as we walked through. And by the way, everybody looked like a a cheese curd in (laughs) Plymouth. People were very (laughs) overweight. Not just... Not just, oh, it's in the heart of America. People are overweight. There were body shapes and sizes that were so big that I had me and Preston walk up and take a picture because this woman... That is not nice. This I know, but this woman's calf muscle was as big as Preston's torso. Oh, my God. And she, I don't know. I well, was confused. It was like an epidemic, and I... You did mention that last week that Wisconsin is the second most obese state. If not, well, in that particular... And I, I'm not making fun of it. I just was... I was concerned. I'm thinking... It's shocking when shocking. you're not used to... Because in New York, we don't see a ton of obesity because people, I think, tend to like kind of move around and walk more throughout the city. So there's not quite as much obesity. And it is really upsetting when people... I mean, my dad was obese, you know, and so I understand the plight of obesity. Yeah. But it is shocking when shocking. you see it. Yeah. Well, needless to say, I walk past everybody very quickly and swiftly, and I walk <laughs> and I walk straight to the cheese curd stand. You dick! And I know, and I know. Go ahead. No, I'm not. I was just saying that. No, you know, I hear saying. you. And I got an order of mixed cheese curds, which I'd never what heard of. That? But, well, there was cheese nuggets they called them, which I had never heard of, and I'm from Wisconsin. Wow. Uh, jalapeno cheddar, <gasps> mozzarella sticks, and then mixed curds. Oh and the God. batter was something that I either don't remember as a kid or something that I was new to me. And it was, um, it was kind of like a cornmeal beer batter. Oh my God. So I order it. It's delicious. It's incredible. I'm oh eating it. God. And I, I go into the little fair window, you know, the guys there. And I said, hello. I said, who's the, who's the chef? And this guy with like crazy hair. And it's, it was like a hundred degrees and like the <laughs> deep fry, you know, the little like carny tent. Yeah. He's like, I'm the fair. And I said, as like, <laughs> I'm the fair, I go, I'm a cook. I said, can you, can you tell me what is in that batter? He goes, are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, right. It's a family secret for 40 years. Like, yeah, guy, I'm going to tell you. Are you crazy? And I said, no. I was like, is there cornmeal? He goes, I'm not telling you. He got very upset. <laughs> oh, my God. Fight- yeah. Okay, so you're fighting with carnies. Mm-hmm. You're taking pictures of fat people. Mm-hmm. There was a eating contest? I didn't see it. There was a, we just saw a dog jumping contest. Oh, there was a duck race. Did uh, you see? I noticed on Instagram you saw some large rabbits. Yes, <laughs> many rabbits. I love rabbits. Me too. A giant rabbit is the best thing to find at a fair. Babies, goats, lots of, uh, lots of little little lamb. I wonder about the people whose life experience it is to bring tons of rabbits to a state fair. No, no judge. I don't think it's a negative. It's just I want to know what their world is like on a daily. I was actually very curious. Everybody was very, very friendly. All the farmers, lots of kids, lots of 4-H clubs. Cool. Uh, that was, And then I have to tell everybody about my favorite experience, which Please. I did have up to this date. 
I am in my middle aged of human, but I'm going to live till I'm 120. So I'm actually in the first half. So okay. I'm not middle aged. You're yet. third aged. Yeah, I'm third aged. And we went to the supper club, which I think I've mentioned before. Yes, but tell us the, all, right. all the juicy details. All right, everybody. Okay. All right. Picture sit back. it. Let's picture it. <laughs> we, were, we were driving in our Kia, our, <laughs> rent, our Kia rental. I know. I wish we had an old car, but we didn't. In my head, we did. And you drive through cornfields. It's about 12 miles outside of my parents' house. And you drive, it was about 15, uh, 12 miles, cornfields. The sun is setting. I mean, oh. it's just gorgeous, purple, pink clouds against big cornfields. And you drive straight down this road, and we enter, and we enter down this tiny little main street. Like, it's it's actually three buildings. That's it. There's a there's two bars, because okay. it's Wisconsin, so that's all that's on the main street. Yeah. A restaurant and a bar. It's called Schwartz's Supper Club. Oh. All right, so Schwartz's Supper Club. There's little girls doing handstands in the middle of the road, the cartwheels. I was like, oh, my God. this Americana. Is, it was like a Saturday night. We go. The, the wait was two hours. Oh, my God. Two hours on a Saturday night. We got there at 7 p.m. Yeah. Fair, even with the fair going on. That's amazing. And we sat, we had brandy old fashions, which are not like the fancy old fashions of Mad Men. These are just muddled cherries and oranges uh, with lots of, lots of Aristocat brandy. Aristocat, or what, what kind of? Christian Brothers. The Aristocats? Yeah, Aristocats, yeah. Christian Brothers brandy. And now this is the kind, I've told you before, sorry. Mm-hmm. This is the steakhouse where you put your name in and you have to right. guzzle down some cocktails and martinis, which are like $4, $5 a piece. Oh and then you have to order from the bartender before you get to sit down. That's so crazy. So in case I'm not giving away the best business plan for any restaurant ever. Yeah. So you basically wait and then uh, the bartender or there's some girl, uh, usually a girl, coming around taking your order and you sit down and you're finally, you know, to get your order in and then you sit down and they call your name and they go, Scott, party and five, Scott, party and five. Like Schlaginski's party at five, Schlaginski's party at five. Like, <laughs> a and lot she of does Polish this. names there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But now people kind of make fun, you know, like the great bottle. And lots of. Il- <gasps> Do you know what we call people from Illinois? No. Fibs. Why? And people from Illinois, if you're listening. Think about it. They, we do have listeners They're, in Illinois, Breton. Yeah, okay, well, I didn't make this up. Why do you call them Fibs? Fucking Illinois bastards. <gasps> because the sh- big city Chicago people come up oh, and they're like, a weekend in the country in Wisconsin. Oh, weekend in the country, country in Wisconsin. So. All right, well, you just put Illinois on blast. You hear that, Illinois? No, I don't. Listen, I, don't I say, like Illinois. I got no problems with y'all. I don't know anything about you. Chicago's great. Chicago, Never been. Chicago, it's my kind of town. So <laughs> you go in, you order the steak. Sorry, let's let's cut to the chase here. Okay. I had the best steak of my entire life. Oh my God, what kind of cut was it? It was a double cut ribeye, bone in. Perfect. Frenched, mm. of course. It was done to a perfect you know, steakhouse, medium rare. Mm-hmm. By the way, the term supper club is actually just another name for a steakhouse. Oh, really? Yeah, that's it. We just, I don't know why Wisconsin calls it a supper club. Oh, that's Maybe so interesting. Because they're only open for supper. I don't know. Did you have blue cheese dressing at all in this meal? Yeah, yeah. So you, so finally, when they call your name, you sit down at the table and the crudite, and the crudite is waiting at your table. A so relish you, tray? You're the relish tray. Exactly. Oh, my God. So there's, you know, black olives, whole scallions. Oh, like the black olives that when you were a kid that come from <laughs> yeah. a can that you can stick on your fingers? And then, yep. And then like, a little a black olive monster. A trio of dressings at the table, <gasps> which one of them is blue cheese, ranch, and French. French. That's my favorite. French. I love French dressing. Love what is the... it? It's just sugary red. It's sugar and red. It's sugary red. I'm always, when I was a kid, I never <laughs> understood. I thought Catalina was the name of the vegetable they used. 
It is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's one hundred percent pure Catalina. <laughs> so you needs. sit at the table. You suddenly, you know, because you're starving because you've been waiting and you're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> and we had the nicest, you know, little nice little college girl waitresses. Although a lot, of, I found out a lot of them worked there for fifteen years. That's great. And they make tons of money. And then they promptly bring in the salads. And then ten minutes later, your steaks arrive at the oh table. My God. Now mine was one hundred percent corn fed. Again, if you go back to our burger episode, I was trying not to eat meat mm-hmm. or support that kind of beef. It's a once in a while. Say love you know, or say love <laughs> Say love <laughs> Yeah. And when in Rome, when in Sheboygan. Exactly. It was, there is something to be said about 100% corn fed. I mean, it tastes... Like butter. Like butter. It's a butter steak. Yeah, because it is basically butter. It was dry. It was very well... It was just perfectly cooked. And I thought, well, if they got better beef, they would still do a very good job. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's a it's a terrible tragedy that we have to settle for. Yeah. Corn fed beef corn however fed. it can definitely be delicious mm-hmm. i mean exactly you know just like eating green mint chip ice cream which is pretty much the only way to go as far as i'm concerned mm-hmm. it's like you don't do it a lot you know yeah where does green come from green we don't know the plants the chlorophyll <laughs> so anyway that was it the steak and fun. so we're here let, let me tell you something about this business plan so we sit at the table we get our steaks we're okay. eating you're kind of too full for dessert and if you do get one there's ice cream or something simple mm-hmm. but we were only sat in that table for about 38 minutes. It's I know. so smart. I put my stopwatch on. You did? That's yeah. amazing. It's and, a, I don't understand how they like plan that though. As a, you know, former restaurateur and just restaurant person who always thinks about service. I don't really understand how you can plan it so well. Well, I feel like it kind of works lamps? in Wisconsin. But how do you do it so that you know that like... I bet they have... So once the order is taken... They get the steaks down because they, they probably have a time like, oh, once the order's taken, you sit down within 10, 15 minutes. They're also, I bet, pre-grilling the steaks. I would say like once. Yeah, which know, is they, not a negative. We used to do that. I yeah. mean, that's the thing. If you're in a really busy steakhouse or you're putting out tons of different steaks, it's actually not bad. You just do a pre-sear and you set it off to the side and then exactly. you throw in the oven. So that's it. So And then, then probably as soon as you sit down, they probably fire the ticket. Yeah. And that's it because you have how long to eat a little bit. Right, right, because you're eating your salad and your whatever. And let me tell you, that steak, it was 32 ounces. That is a lot. Did you eat the whole thing? No. God, no. Did you God. share it with Preston? Uh, yeah, I gave bites to everybody. I mean, I could not hear What did Preston get? Uh, he got the queen's cut of the prime rib. They... <laughs> <laughs> They have they have Sorry. the petite cut, queen's cut, king's cut, the Schwartz's cut, and the there's like the I love super, prime rib. First of all, the Schwartz's cut is thirty six ounces. What's the one above the Schwartz's? The 64, like Jackie Gleason? Yeah, sixty four ounces. Candy? Yes, sixty four ounces. You share that obviously with the table though. Yeah, and it was I don't know. It was very affordable. You know what I think of ounces in? When I grew up in Long Island, four grams. Yeah. No, when I grew up in Long Island, um, when I grew up in Long Island, I grew up in Long Island. For anyone who's never listened to this podcast, and I'm ever from before. Wisconsin. For how anybody. shocking! Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is called the Where We're From podcast. Uh, so we always drank those giant deli iced teas that were in like yes. the styrofoam cups, and those were thirty-two ounces. So whenever someone says things to me in ounces, I picture it in a styrofoam cup. <laughs> so like you ate a full styrofoam, large styrofoam iced tea cup full of steak. The kind that doesn't fit into any of your minivan oh, yeah. cup holders. Absolutely not. Like a big, you had like a big gulp for anyone not exactly. from Long Island of steak. Well, which is a lot. Yeah. And then, you know that what? That sounds it, fun. It was wonderful. It's, I, Can it's, I come next time? Yes. 
anybody everybody should go there it's worth it's it's just so fun you're in the middle of nowhere and that sounds awesome don't worry the police condone drunk driving a drunk driving Perfect. offense in wisconsin i think the first time is like don't work all right you get home safely now <laughs> i could not with that accent the <laughs> accent in wisconsin is like oh guy oh. people are so friendly people oh, are yeah. so incredibly Everyone's friendly very friendly like in north carolina too when i used to go down and visit my dad it's also like people are just friendly I came back yesterday and I... And someone like threw a pile of poo in your face. No, I, like, welcome back to New York, motherfucker. No, I, <laughs> actually, the first thing that happened when I got off the plane yesterday was the bus driver gave me a free fare. Oh, really? I took the bus. The bus? I took the Q70. What in the hell? Because it, it was Why? cheaper and faster. Whoa. And that's my middle name. I don't get on buses. I don't fucks with a bus. Yeah, well, you I almost, a, You know, I almost died in a bus. Yeah, I don't. You have a bus phobia. I'll get on a bus, but I don't like it. I'll fuss. Yeah, fuss on the bus. Over a bus. The whole way. Well, my weekend was actually also really lovely. I kind of did more typical things. I didn't really go out of my comfort zone. Although you didn't really go. You went back into your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. I stayed around the neighborhood. I went to Ugly Baby on Friday night with my cousin and my cousin's wife, Aika. Delicious. Ugly Baby is... We talked about that before. In our last we? episode, we just talked about what not to do before you have sex with someone. And it was to go to very hot, to spicy eat at Ugly type. Baby specifically. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it. Yeah. At that. Perfect. That, that was my recommendation. <laughs> and you could, the rest <laughs> can be left up to imagination. Um, so we did that. And then I, oh, I saw a movie at BAM. I saw Madeline's Madeline. Fabulous. Yeah, it's okay. It what's good. that big, what's that big thing of tomato sauce you got in your kitchen? Oh yeah. Well, I'm working this week. Um, so I'm doing a, a giant drop off for somebody's wedding. So I have, I don't know, I'd say about, 17 deli iced tea containers worth of tomato sauce to bring away my stove right now. I'm making chicken palm. I'm going to make zucchini palm. I'm making meatballs. I went to Pisano's this morning. I said, listen, I need a bunch of butterfly chicken breast. And then, and then they deliver them to my house. God, I I'm telling Brooklyn. you, Pisano's, they deliver for yeah. free. For free. That, that is. place is amazing. So anyway, yeah, I did that. Now I'm cooking, but I uh, went to the beach for one last hurrah. Bobby of Bobby's Pocket Pie and Bobby's Chicken Salad fame mm -hmm. greeted us with open arms. And, and this weekend she made Mexican style chicken salad. Oh, oh she's which is getting a, fancy. She put corn in it. <gasps> I'm sensing a theme here. There's a lot of corn talk, isn't mm -hmm. there, Breton? Being that it's the end of summer and we're in prime corn nibbling season. You can mm -hmm. eat it raw. You can eat it cooked. You can cream it. You know what I did? I got some corn. Okay. And I cooked some dinner for my parents. Yeah. What else? Um, I picked a ton of cherry tomatoes because they had them growing. Isn't and then that I made, just divine picking the cherry tomatoes right off? I just, divine. Divine. And divine. And I just put them in the oven at like 375. They have yeah. a convection oven. And I kind of like got them a little brown. Mm -hmm. That's my jam. Do you ever put... I put a little sugar on there. I put... I didn't put sugar on it because they actually didn't need it. They're like super sweet. Yeah. It? They were wonderful. And then I made... I had bought some, I went to the Madison Farmer's Market, which is one of the biggest in the country. How fun. And I got a bunch of corn, as if that's the most unique thing I could get there. No, but it's like what you should be doing this time of year. And I made, a, instead of, I made corn macaroni and cheese. Yum. So instead of just using the pasta, Yum. I, I just <laughs> put yeah. some cream cheese and heavy Ooh. cream and oh, butter. Oh, so you made, I thought you put corn in the mac and cheese. You just made like a, like, I made a, you a made corn like hot a dish. Corn, oh yeah, a corn, corn hot, hot dish. dish. Oh, you oh, made yeah. oh, you made corn hat dish. So you kind of made cream corn, but you didn't cream it. You just put cream in it. Yeah, okay. and then I and then I put the cherry tomato confit on top. Matter on which that was a, it was a hit. Delicious. It was a hit. What was your protein? 
Uh, the leftover steaks. Oh, fabulous. That's amazing. <laughs> we, had, we had enough leftover steak that we were still too full. Really? Over a game of cribbage. It was fabulous. Cribbage? Mm-hmm. That's some old people shit. Yeah. Well, that's apparently when you're young, when you're in your third of your life, you can do it too. Yeah. You're like, it's time for the time for the cribbage and the cream corn. Yes. That was fabulous. My grandmother used to play bridge. Yeah. Bridge is... A lot of people play in Wisconsin. I think they play bridge or cribbage right. or, or yulker. What about that game, Mancala? Did you ever play that with the yeah. beads? Yeah, Be- beads, right? It's basically just like move beads around a, a board. That was like that in the 1960s. They're like, let's get worldly. Yeah, like exactly. oh, I went to Ooh, a Mancala uh, set. I just I went to the I went to the island of Java and I brought back Mancala and it was a hit. Let's have some daiquiris. <laughs> daiquiris from the from the Pacific, <laughs> South Pacific. No, actually, they were from the Caribbean. So anyway, in case you guys haven't guessed or you didn't read the title before you started listening to this mm-hmm. episode. Today's episode is about... Cornitos. Corn. Corn. Maize. Maize. Okay, so check this out, Zara. Yeah, tell me. Okay, for those of you that don't know, and you're welcome, there's plenty of books and articles written about this, but uh, just to sum it up is that uh, the corn, that corn was actually, you know, they did some research, geneticists. Plant geneticists at the University geneticists? Of, of Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin, what Madison. The hell? Are you working for Big Wisconsin? And so, anyway, yes, exactly. Thank you very much. And just go to my website and drop a penny into my tip jar. Breton's got a short for Breton Sargento. But so here's what I thought about corn overall. So Please. apparently, it came from a potentially a wild grass mm-hmm. called Teosinte. Teosinte, okay. I think, or Teosinte. I don't know exactly the correct pronunciation. But of course, remember when it, so I thought, oh, every culture has corn, right? Mm-hmm. Across the, you know, and everywhere. Yeah. Not everywhere, but, you know, Italian, oh, Italians have like polenta, polenta and this. And it's from Mexico. And really it wasn't, you know, as we all know, well, we don't know, but it really wasn't brought over to Europe until after, you know, Columbus, post-Columbus. Right. And it wasn't even Teosente, right? Something like that, yeah. It's not what I, I had read about it too that it wasn't even it's like a descendant of corn or corn is a descendant of that it's exactly. only a single road this correct? has been our great ancestors the yeah. native americans and aztecs yeah manipulated it into the product that we that mostly resembles corn as we know it like on the cob Crazy. apparently it was very hard to get off the cob really yes how hard so, harder than your harder little th- tiny so here are some, can row? I t- tell you a couple things I came up with? Please. I want to think about corn. Yes. Okay. From Monsanto to maize. Mm-hmm. Maize, right? Elotes to ethanol. Corn is ubiquitous in our culture. By the way, this, I did you, write, I did actually write this. No, you're not freestyling <laughs> yes. right now? Corn is ubiquitous in our culture. Our, our uses are, they're pretty much, makes our current world go around. It's which is really true. true. Think about this. High fructose corn syrup. We think of American state fairs. Well, they're Mexican, actually. You hear that? Mexican. Uh, corn in the cob, corn fritters, Johnny cakes, corn dogs, <gasps> cornhole. Oh. Candy corn. Cornhole. Cornstarch, cornflour, maize, tacos, to topos, chips, burritos, cornmeal, polenta, hominy grits. Even Frosty the Snowman smoked weed out of a corn cob pipe. <laughs> there was a movie called Children of the Corn written by Stephen King. I need to stop you just for a second. That is the second scariest movie ever. Yes, I think we've you discussed know, this. Already. Okay, here's a factoid that yeah. ever, this is, it ends the podcast right here and we can okay. never have it. There are eight sequels to corn to Children of the Corn. Excuse me? Eight. Eight? Not, not, not part one, two, three. 
Eight. What what else was there to say? There's creepy children living in the cornfield. So anyway, end of story. <laughs> middle of <laughs> middle of children in the corn part seven. Just kidding. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then okay, here's some other thing: cosmetics, oil, soaps, ethanol, which I recommend, which I said already, mm-hmm. which runs half of our vehicles in the United States and yeah. more. Corn nuts, bugles. Oh my! You forgot about bugles, a Doritos, bugle. Cheetos, Fredos. Do you know it takes 19 minutes to fry a Cheeto? No. Are mm-hmm. you kidding? 19 minutes. That's like scary. Why? And guess who? And, and guess flaming hot Cheetos. Yeah. A janitor in the Cheeto factory invented the flavor. What did he like? Dip it into like Windex yeah. or something? He's like perfect. That's like, probably what he it's like. Made dropped of. his like bag of. He's like whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. and he my like my ancho chili powder <laughs> fell into the vat. It's like a mad. He's like a superhero. He's like Aah! he fried himself for nineteen minutes and then like stumbled like all burnt up into like <laughs> the cheese powder room and then like that lit on fire. Yeah, he's no longer. Somebody ate him. He's no longer alive. No, but he was the he first made flaming hot a cheeto dent in this world. <laughs> Oh, God. Whoa, that's crazy. That's so many things that have I just, corn. I thought, I was like, wow. That's also a very good piece of writing you should submit. I that. could just keep going. Do you have Hold more? Hold on, here's chapter. <laughs> Do you have more? No, I don't. Oh. I'm just kidding. I wrote a novel. It's just over there in the corner. In the corner? Yeah, in the corner. Oh, shit, corn. Corn, <laughs> corn pun. <laughs> corn puns. Oh, here's one other thing, and then I promise I'll stop talking. No, please. That's the whole point just of what we're doing. You have to keep corn, talking. Corn silk. I didn't know this, but you can make a tea out of corn silk. You mean the thing you made a merkin out of? The corn hair. <laughs> yes. Little did I know that. Cr- <laughs> exactly. I already, this is a, we've, we're ahead of our, we were ahead of ourselves. <laughs> uh, corn silk it, uh, is a remedy for urinary tract infections. Really? Mm-hmm. It can cure diabetes and, well, everything cures cancer, supposedly. supposedly also. And causes it. Yeah, correct. Corn causes cancer. And we can talk about Monsanto in a minute. Uh, which we don't want to get into, but um, and also, <laughs> you can you can also use it as a toilet paper substitute. Excuse me. Um, I'm sorry. This no. Is, actually, sorry. I'm on cobs now. Oh, but, because I was gonna say they if you were that- gonna use corn silk <laughs> as a toilet paper substitute, that's a incredibly sorry. huge. Sorry, mess. I moved on to cobs. Perfect. And that remember, makes more sense. You could so you can use an animal bedding. I mean, animals will. Animal As, bedding? Yeah. Uh, my two cats will sleep on anything, including like a crunched up paper bag. Totally. So, actually, a corn cob sounds comfortable. But this is where they say a toilet paper substitute. No. Uh, dildo. I didn't. I just made that up right now. A dildo? Of course. Yeah, yeah, a whole I, corn could be a dildo. Rib for his pleasure. Of course. Yeah. Uh, and then you can make corn cob jelly. And of course, if you cook- Excuse me? Corn cob jelly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's so starchy that if you oh, you 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 put it in whatever else, it's not like yeah, a jelly but, made of corn cobs. Well, I think it does. Can it's like a creamy corn jelly. Perfect. So that's uh, that's why. And then of wow. course you can definitely, as I said, frosty. Also, you can make a pipe out of it and smoke weed. Done it many times. Definitely, me too. Absolutely. So now, I just did cor- it yesterday. My, just my corn story is done. That was really interesting. There's a lot of a lot of crazy things you can do with corn. I remember I was sitting with my friend Alexis years back, and she's like this amazing, like hippie, cool uh, yeah, acupuncturist. Yeah, she's amazing, and she's like, you know, this was like 10, 12 years ago, and she was starting to just learn about how corn was and everything. She's like, I remember we were out to dinner, and she's like, everything is made of corn. Everything, the paint, the table. We got here on a vehicle made from corn. It's the true. Drinking glasses. Everything. It's everywhere. Corn is everywhere. And I was like, okay. 
Let's just take a deep breath. Yeah, hold on. Have another corn. hit from this corn cob pipe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hold on. Take this. The green oh, corn yeah. is on its way. Yeah. The green. Everybody just chill out. Um, well, I was reading a little bit about corn and that apparently uh, it was developed by people living in Mexico 7,000 years ago. Yeah, okay. similar similar research. Yeah, 7,000 years ago. Um, and also what I was reading was that it was cultivated, that it wasn't, and beyond it being cultivated, so it wasn't like we were just talking about how it was genetically, and not genetically engineered in a lab, but somehow a crossbreed from its ancestor of the single road cob um, yes. made the whole thing that we nibble off of, mm-hmm. the round dildo toilet paper substitute yes. that we all know and love. Um, but what I was also reading is that there's a large conspiracy theory out there that corn was brought to this planet by aliens. That I and did not it, know. Yeah, and it's been transported all around by aliens because this is kind of like a longer discussion. You guys can go and read some weird conspiracy theory websites. Who knows? But they're saying that um, the only way that it really could have kind of gotten to be kind of wherever it is. Yellow. Exactly. It oh doesn't God. basically doesn't make sense. Plus the whole crop circle situation, which is a real thing. I'm not sure if anyone's been privileged enough to see the movie Signs starring Mel Gibson. Yes. M. Night Shyamalan's Great fine, finest work. Great actor. Yeah. Great actor. Great lover person. of lover of Jews lover and of women. People. Yeah, yeah. He's really a nice not, guy. a non drunk driver. Um <laughs> No, he's amazing. Um, but anyway, so I was reading this guy, Dr. Drew Horace, uh, Dr. Horace Drew, not the Dr. Drew of Loveline, um, an Australian scientist, talks about how crop circles are schematic images of the future um, for astronomical or human events. So people who believe in crop circles, uh, like Mel Gibson and Dr. Drew, um, believe that aliens are basically coming down from space. And leaving messages about what's going to happen in the future in, well, crop, in okay. crop circles. Oh, okay. So we should really be pay- okay. Everybody, stop right now. Let's Go start. Yeah. look and see. What I personally, I, there's like a lot of explanations out there, like how else crop circles happen and corn mazes. It's pretty crazy that like overnight, all of a sudden, pops up this incredible, wacky looking thing. I believe. I mean, obviously, I believe in aliens. I hate what people I don't say. I don't a, believe in yeah, aliens. I, it's just. I mean, Carl Sagan said it. You know, they're there. I mean, we just to don't know. not believe in aliens is just like pretty narcissistic. Like, yeah, this is an alien podcast now. Yeah. So anyway, another thing about aliens. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but anyway, so yeah, in in the U.S., I was also reading that I guess we we harvest uh nine billion bushels of corn per year, and it's a thirty billion dollar industry with half of that corn going to how feed many animals? Uh, how many ice tea? How many iced oh tea my cups God. is that? That is a very somebody <laughs> there listeners are enough iced tea cups to take you to the moon and back <laughs> three times. If anyone can figure that out, how many thirty-two ounce iced tea cups is in nine billion bushels? We will give let you, a you be. A, we'll give you a dollar, and you can be the third host on this podcast forever. Yep. And we will give you an unlimited amount of corn cob toilet paper. You know who I bet who I bet is going to figure it out. Who? My aunt Bridget, Boulder Bridget, our Boulder number, Bridget. Our hey, number Boulder one fan. Bridget, <laughs> She's gonna be fan. like, I'll figure it out. <laughs> Thank you, Boulder Bridget. You're the best. P.S. We've been meaning to give you a shout out. So, I have a really interesting story about corn yes, today. I'm very excited to hear this. So, my story that I picked to talk about about corn is uh, about the creation of Kellogg's cornflakes, mm-hmm. and 
as if you guys are avid listeners to this podcast, you'll know that I've been talking a lot about lately because we've seemed to have mentioned a lot of things that happen around the turn of the century. We were talking about uh, burgers and um, mm-hmm. Upton Sinclair, and then we started talking yeah, about. We are kind of obsessed with the turn of the century. Yeah, maybe. we are. This is a turn of the century podcast. So anyway, we mentioned <laughs> a lot of podcasts. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I know it's getting crazy. That's a monopoly. It's a plum cast. It's a turn of the century podcast. Yeah, I forgot about plums. It's a where I'm from podcast. Anyway, it's everything to everybody. So. Uh, I've been talking a lot about the movie The Road to Elva. I've mentioned mm-hmm. it a couple times. Yes, which I'm still is on my queue. It's amazing. That's and right. while I was researching cornflakes, I'm like, oh my god, this sounds so much like not the to road- confuse with Quaker corn bran. No, not Complain. don't confuse it. Absolutely no. not. No. Don't confuse it with anything. Not that yellow checkbox. So anyway, I was looking it up. And I'm like, God, this story sounds so much like the Road to Elville. And then I'm like, I'll Google it. I'm like, Road to Elville, Kellogg's, and it's like, it is. Eureka! I'm it a is the story. Yeah. Of the Road to Elville. Somebody already wrote a movie about it. Yeah. Oh, darn it, but that's okay. It's literally about them. It's not like loosely based. It's like they are we're called ready, Kellogg's. We're almost ready for a remake. I think we should have a remake yeah, starring you and I. That's right. I haven't seen it in a long time, so I just remember parts of it, but um, I'm going to rewatch it because it's really, it's well, really I, funny. You know what's so funny is I didn't see the movie, and although I know the old the old saying of Kellogg saying that was a cure for masturbation yes. or something, right? But I don't exactly. know. Well, this is the story. So here we are. <clears throat> Anyway, see the Road to Elville. It's a 1994 film by Alan Parker, the great, the great Alan Parker. Um, so I got most of my research today from the Daily Coast article by a gentleman named Lenny Flank. So thank you, Mr. Flank. Thanks I took for, a lot of research yeah. from from you. So we're picture getting rich it. off your writing, Lenny. Lenny will take you out to dinner. Lenny will take you to the moon and back three times. Um, okay, picture it. The year is 1894. Mm. Two brothers, Dr. John Harvey Kellogg and Will Keith, a.k.a. W.K. Kellogg. Hey, W.K. Exactly. Throw me the ball. Oh, hey. That's how they talked. No, they were like, um, excuse me, W.K. They were yes, very it, proper. Yes, and they had nice Spencerian penmanship. And These two people had no fun. I'm telling oh, you that's... this right now. They had zero fun. Their lives were so vanilla. It's Isn't that kind of weird unbelievable. that... that frosted the flakes with the who was that oh that came way later i'll um, get into the frosted flakes later oh that's when they invited a tiger into the business <laughs> yeah, just like cheetos exactly tigers are very popular tigers are very Pop- bad very very popular mascots they quote everything we're gonna rebrand we did a tiger <laughs> quick Life, somebody got a tiger in this life's place. a banquet <laughs> this podcast is cats it all comes down to cats okay okay so they start um a sanitarium in Michigan, in Battle Creek, Michigan, the year 1894. Now they were Seventh Day Adventists, and they had moved Battle Creek because that's kind of was like the Advent- hot spot. It was like Adventists. 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 Adventists doesn't Ad- Adventists. Okay, perfect. I think right. They were. I've heard Adventists, but I also don't care. I just say it looks like dentists. Perfect. Ad- dentists. They were seven dentists. Um, okay. The founders of Seventh-day Adventism uh, were the self-proclaimed prophets Ellen White and her husband James White. Um, and it was basically about strict biblical literism and clean living. Self. I am a self-proclaimed. So anyway, so they start the sanitarium in Michigan. And basically, when I hear sanitarium nowadays, I think like a loony bin. But this was kind of more of a place where people like checked in. There was like this whole big turn towards like health and well-being. We're just discovering what it's all about. What does it mean? The guy yeah. who invented the graham cracker had been really into it. He was he was a, like I don't know if he was a Seventh Day Adventist, but he definitely had a puritanical thing about like clean living and health. And we had we chopped up into this when yeah, we were talking yeah. about white bread and how certain people really pushed against modernization and industrial industrialization of food. That word is 
hard yeah, for me to say. Yeah, you're right. There was a movement of people trying to right and trying to figure out what to do. So I spas and correct and hot baths, or you know, yes, and other weird things. And some podcasts I've listened to. I really like the podcast, The Dollop, and they did an episode. I can't, I feel embarrassed. I can't remember exactly who the guy was, but it was a guy who was in this certain time and experimenting with like what he thought, um, you know, would make people healthy. And he was big on ripping out everyone's teeth and then oh, removing yes. body parts. Like my grandmother. Exactly. So he would rip out his whole family's teeth and then he would, you know, castrate them and then take out their spleen and people were just like experimenting they're this like well just, you're still sick maybe if i just take out all your you know this was an insane serial killer that got away with it uh, basically I, but people were confused that's what i'm trying to say and they mm-hmm. were experimenting with health and they're doing all these weird things that's why you guys have to see the movie the road 12 it's really funny and interesting um and it really just depicts all this stuff so among some of the famous um people that went to the sanitarium President Warren G. Harding, actor Jimmy Weissmuller, Henry Ford, Amelia Earhart, and the one and only Mary Todd Lincoln. So mm. this place was teeming with celebs. All the high society was there at the sanitarium. Um, but John- Oprah have, <laughs> Oprah's there. Martha Stewart's there. Ex- well, nowadays, yeah, probably. That's what yeah. would, if, if it was still around. Um, so anyway, these guys were, like, as I said, they were super boring. They were super mainstream. Um, John was the doctor and uh, WK was the bookkeeper for the sanitarium. Okay. So they kind of played different roles. So he was a doctor. What he a, was a whatever doctor. Whatever that meant back then. Um, the Adventists believed that maintaining the purity of the body's temple, uh, you couldn't have any caffeine, no alcohol, no nicotine, no sugar. They were strict vegetarians. And what's more, uh, no spicy food. Oh, yes. Spice is very bad. No masturbating. Oh, yes, of course. No masturbating. No sex. Uh, John Kellogg actually was married and never had sex with his wife. And they adopted kids and lived in separate rooms. That is how against sex he was. Because he thought that sex... why did they want to stay healthy? Because he thought that sex would... Well, I mean... I, that's a great question. What are you staying healthy for if not to have sex and eat and like enjoy life just to like yeah, sit? Yeah, again, they were confused. They were very they were confused. confused. They're like, I this makes sense. So anyway, they never had sex. They lived in separate bedrooms. Um, they talked about masturbation. It I was mean, there's called, still religions that do that as we speak right of now. Of course. So they called masturbating onanism. And uh, John Kellogg said that it could... Um, affect you in like ways from epilepsy to mood swings to dementia to he had like 48 different things he hmm. said that well, it maybe, would do maybe he is onto something i mean he probably was crazed this is my assumption he was crazed he was depraved of like any fun he didn't eat anything except for like bran and didn't have sex with his wife didn't masturbate and then was like going crazy so he's like ah it's masturbating you know what i mean like None of yeah, this makes exactly. sense. He didn't have sautéed spinach. Or he cream was a tightwad. Or corn in the cob with he, butter. No, and no beef. Definitely not. Any meat. Never went to a supper club or a steakhouse. Didn't have a single or married cheese curd yeah. ever. Um, Classic. So these guys were just extremely boring. Um, so they started experimenting with making this kind of like corn and bran cereal that mm-hmm. they called granula. And the name was already taken. It was like somebody else already made granula. This is going to require more research on my part about how two people randomly came up with a, from a food like called Swiss muesli. Maybe, but there's like, I already made a granula. And he's like, but I have a granula that will make you not masturbate. 
<laughs> yes. My granola special. <laughs> I have a special granola. They were American. Oh, okay. I have a special granola. But yeah. the, when and they, from Michigan, they're probably like, I got a granola. I got a granola that'll fool you into not wanting to touch your badulia. <laughs> Patula. <laughs> no patulas in this granola. <laughs> so... Anyway, they were doing that, and then they started experimenting with running, with like putting some of their weird dough concoctions through the sheeter, mm-hmm. and then letting it dry, and then baking it. So it turned. It was like the first that's very creative cereal. It's actually very creative when you think about it. I know it actually is very creative. Yeah. I'm like, how did? It's weird. Well, think about how things they weren't formed. doing all those other things that distracted them. Exactly. I mean, think about what you could be making right now if you stop masturbating. Yeah. I, well, let me show you. You would have probably like. <laughs> There's like a, an entire sit, a country, a small city. Yeah, like he made the eighth continent. <laughs> if all that macerating and vacillating, if you could just control it, I assure you that I and masticated, masticated, yeah, masticated, vacillated, or macerated <laughs> a single damn thing. Well, you were with your parents all weekend. Well, they they had plenty of peaches, and I did do a damn thing with oh, them. Oh wow, good for you. Yeah, well, you know. Um. So anyway, they turned it from making, uh, they were sheeting it with like bran and then they just started using corn instead. And that's how they got corn flakes. Mm-hmm. And they were uh, giving them to all the people at the sanitarium because they were saying it was like clean food and mm-hmm. pure food. And they were like, when they were detoxing, it was like getting them off of like sex and masturbating. They're like, here, have you want to masturbate? There's, instead, just have, have a dried corn flake. <laughs> and there was no sugar in them yeah. at all. So they were even grosser than they are now i'm not a cornflake fan if anyone out there is that's fine i don't care do you the young ones were like what if we batter what if we took a fried chicken and rolled it in cornflakes or oh yeah yeah cereal whatever that is cereal milk but anyway so um they made cornflakes there was no sugar in it they started mail ordering it to like uh, former people from the sanitarium that Mm -hmm. was kind of how it started and then the brother uh wk was like listen man we have to put sugar in this it's absolutely disgusting it tastes like cardboard imagine the corn back then too it was probably very mealy i don't i yeah it was probably feed corn and it probably came in like a a sock or something like they didn't have like packaging so it was probably like here take this old sock burlap that nobody's masturbated into (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) this not crunchy sock we assure you these socks were (laughs) never never so they started mailing and then they the brothers got in like an argument uh, because, you know, WK wanted to put sugar in it. The other dude, uh, John, didn't. Um, uh, so then in 1906, uh, after all this frustration, uh, WK Kellogg purchases the rights to make cornflakes from his brother, changes the recipe, set up the Battle Creek Toasted Cornflake Company, um, and took the name Kellogg and then renamed it the Kellogg Cereal Company. Uh, around 1915, they start adding Rice Krispies and Bran Flakes. And today, Kellogg's Corn Flakes are the best-selling cereal in the United so States the, of America. Today. Still today. Yes. So I checked the Kellogg's website. More about, than Fruity Pebbles or Cocoa Puffs? Yeah. I don't understand who is out there. Please, if you're a Corn Flake purchaser, I would like to know why. I'm curious. I love cereal. I would eat Corn Flakes. I would eat anything, pretty much, mm-hmm. except for, like, Frog and breakfast yogurt. That's true. Um, but, you know, it's, it wouldn't be my first pick. So I checked the Kellogg's website. I'm like, oh, I wonder what they have to say about this, about, you know, under their history <laughs> section about cornflakes. And there's no, no mention of anything about masturbation. Well, of course they're not going to say that now because all the executives like, are... We hate... All the executives are masturbating everywhere. Yeah, they're, they're probably masturbating listening to this podcast. 
Um, Probably over your podcast, over your voice. This guy hated masturbating so much, I just want to read you a quote. Neither plague nor war nor smallpox have produced the results so disastrous to humanity as the pernicious habit of omnism. Such a victim dies literally at his own hand. (laughs) Well, this guy is insane. He hated masturbating. It's like one of those things, I mean, we still deal with this kind of stuff today with like, you know, other people who are anti-gay marriage, anti-abortion. It's like, why what, don't you exactly. just worry about if you masturbate? If you don't want to, don't do it. Nobody's, don't do it exactly. Nobody's forcing your hand. <laughs> yeah. Who? But who knew that like cornflakes would, I don't know. He's like, here's something. Here's something Wait. penis-shaped that won't make anybody want to masturbate. You need to read this next thing. Um, okay, so he also uh, was so anti-masturbating that he, uh, John Kellogg, he... Among the treatments that they had at basically the well, Road to Elbow place, he proposed um, to stop masturbating is to pierce the foreskin with silver wires to prevent erections and using carbolic acid to burn the clitoris so it wouldn't be touched. Hmm. Classic. Yeah. Very smart. Isn't that horrible? That is absolutely terrible. Yeah. So he was like, okay, people were like, you know what? I don't really want to pierce my foreskin or like burn off my clitoris. So do you have anything in maybe like the crunchy breakfast cereal department that could help me with my urge to masturbate? Yeah. And he's like, yes, I've got just the thing. And that's where they came up with frosted Grin- flakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First there was granola. Then there was <laughs> granola just sounds Are so you funny sure he to didn't say. Copy granola. And then no, it was some- opposite. That's what I thought. I thought he was gonna be like, Oh, I want to make granola, but I can't. So I'll call it granola. But actually there was two granolas. Hmm. Double granola. Double granola. Yeah. That sounds suspect. It really he, does. Right? He's like, he probably stole it from something. I liked, when I was younger, I was a major fat kid. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I was just a chubby kid, which is chill. Who chubby cares? Chubby kid, no problem. Look at, look at me now, Look Mom. at me now. Look at me now, world. Look at my one-inch waist. <laughs> <laughs> look at me now, world. I have yeah. a 10-inch waist. It's amazing. Um, no, but... Uh, I loved I loved cereal for sure. Yeah, and who didn't? I, but I loved corn pops. I loved corn pops, and I loved corn bran. Oh, what's corn, corn bran? Corn bran, Quaker corn corn bran. It's little squares. They're oat bran. No, it's corn bran. Really? It's a very very. It's uh, niche. It's Wisconsin. We had oat a, bran and Long Island girl. Yeah, it, we had that too. It was a niche cereal. My sister and I loved it, and it was it stayed crunchy very long, mm-hmm. uh, and it looked like little. They would kind of float on the top in perfect symmetrical. Ooh. It looked like just a it looked like a beautiful wallpaper. Oh my god! I should you know what I had thought of maybe getting us some cornflakes to eat for the episode, but then I was like, then I don't gonna, want to eat them. I don't want to eat cornflakes. No, sorry. I ran through a cornfield this last week. Really? Uh-huh, it was Did you very get stung scary. by any bees? No. But it made me think of Children of the Corn, and I thought yeah. something would come up, and I really got, I was frightened. It was yeah. in the middle of the day during sunshine. Just like a small child with like dark eyes oh. who's dripping wet. It's just like, like just moves too fast towards you, like, oh. and then shows up behind me. Like, oh, hello, Breton. I'm afraid of, oh. Or like a sneaky alien. Oh my God, look, I have goosebumps you from do. that. I have real live goosebumps. Yeah, it's scary. Oh. Children of the Corn was really terrible. What about, um? sorry, guys. Oh my God, you know the movie, the alien movie that scared me a lot when I was younger? fire in the sky oh that was a classic that is a scary movie involving cornfields i'm sorry if i lived near i'm a long island girl for anyone that doesn't know yes um i don't remember we have a lot of corn but you know in the suburbs it's not like you live near a cornfield like i can't imagine anything more terrifying than growing up with a cornfield if any listener out there grew up 
with a cornfield in their backyard, please write us an email. We want to hear about your cornfield lifestyle. From Iowa, Iowa's the number one corn producing state. Whoa, I don't know anyone from Iowa. I've never been, and I can't imagine ever going. Unless someone invites me, I listeners. Saw Dave, I saw Dave Matthews' band. Just Dave Matthew, actually, solo in Iowa. Really? Mm-hmm. Did you ever hear about the story about when Dave Matthews' band, like... I'm- Dropped poop in Chicago? Yeah. Yeah. I was the, living there, actually. You were on the boat. I, yeah, I, was, I was actually underneath. It's just poop. For anyone who doesn't know, Dave Matthews' band's tour bus emptied out their poop. bathroom. David, Dave Matthews' onto, poop. Out into the water, off a bridge, and it off. went onto a boat of people's heads. Yeah, that's kind of... That's just strange. Anyway, it's a terrible story. <laughs> speaking of corn, speaking of corn, speaking yeah. Of, so, of corn anyway, pump, back to reality. Speaking of corn poop. <laughs> speaking of corn, that's in your poop that for some reason is always in every poop, even if you've never <laughs> eaten corn. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> just like carrots are an all throw up. Oh my god! I saw throw up this morning with carrots. That's of so course. weird. Every throw up has carrots in it. <laughs> <laughs> you're right that's very you're like but i'm allergic to carrots i've never had one this i don't know strange explain it. anti-masturbation <laughs> story um okay so just segueing right from poop and vomit into our top three th- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> top our- three this week <laughs> okay top three me. things i thought this week for top three breton scott we could talk about our favorite corn dishes <laughs> okay well we yeah exactly. take a break why doesn't why doesn't everybody take a 10 minute pause come back to this in 10 minutes once you've become like not sickened exactly okay favorite corn dishes i don't want to talk about something that's made with corn because if i had say my fit fa- well you know what yes i can okay, okay top three so my favorite thing that one of the things that you can make with corn mm-hmm. is uh the sopes Mm. Sopes, right? So sopes are made from masa, which sapa, sapa, sapa la patapa, masa rasa. Sorry, learning. I'm. It's Duolingo. Learning hurts. <laughs> sorry, Duolingo's all over learning the place. Learning right I'm getting Arabic confused with Mandarin, confused with French. It's terrible. It's okay. I turn the uh, gas on on the stove. But masa is so it's corn that has been treated with lime, so they make that. You know, that's what tortillas are made out of. Mm-hmm. And we make sopes, so you can buy that masa. And you know what has, you know what has a really nice masa is Bob's Red Mill. Oh, really? Yeah, so Bob's Red I Mill. I love has, that, Bob. We should get him on the show. Bob's Bob. a great guy. Listen to his story. He's great. Uh, so you take the masa, and it's very easy. You just mix it with some warm water, and you shape it in your hands. And uh, sope is a little little disc. Yeah. Right? And so you shape it. It has a little well in it, and so you can... And kind you f- of like a flying saucer? Kind of like a flying saucer. Wait a second. Uh-huh. It's all it coming is, full circle. So it is full crop circle. It's oh my god. Oh no. <gasps> uh, it's so like a flying from, saucer. Well, full anyway, of these meat. aliens. So this is from the island of Kesmar. Now this <laughs> is <laughs> Kesmar sopes. So what they are is you take the soap in your hand and uh, you can definitely look at lots of YouTube videos, but they're very simple to make and you can fry them. You can shallow fry them mm-hmm. uh, and you just have to flip them over and then you can fill a little. You can fill them with some beans and some cheese and you know they're like little little snacks little snack cakes kind they're, of like johnny cakes yeah kind of like a johnny cake mm-hmm. they're delicious yeah so you you make like a little indentation you fry them and you have like a like a little fried mini bowl made of like masa and then you can put like any fillings in them they're very good and then uh, obviously right now i mean i can't deny that my one of my favorite things which is popping all over every millennials instagram feed ever was an elote or a version now delicious now perfect what people are doing and i'm i'm okay with this because i'd have no choice uh besides being a curmudgeonly uh the third ager is the <laughs> deconstructed elote where they take it off the make co- like a elote salad which i don't mind so okay 
Elote flavors. Zara. Uh, queso fresco. Mm-hmm. And me- like mayo or aioli. Mm-hmm. Lime. Um, a, like achote chili powder. Ach- yeah. So, or ach- yeah, you can make achiote. I've been doing achiote oil. Which oh, that's all you cool. have, you just kind of like gently simmer some oil with the achiote seed. Nice. And a you, little cilantro. Yeah, a little cilantro. But basically the flavors of the lote, you get that. You have the creaminess from the mayonnaise. Creamy mayonnaise, salty but, cheese. Yeah, you can even use pecorino. You could use yeah, definitely. You a use sharp pecorino. cheddar. I mean, you can use anything, yeah. really. But that that nice cotija cheese is wonderful. And then cotija and then you get that yeah. lime and the and the spice. Sometimes I put some cumin in it. That's delicious. I haven't had elote all summer. Or maybe in a couple summers, even. They're it's really good. so good. So elote is your fa- second fave. Yeah, if not first. I mean, that's, It's really good. Because that's just like 100% corn. It's delicious. And of course, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Corn on the cob dipped in a vat of butter. Yeah. Sprinkled with crunchy salt and yeah. black pepper. Perfect. It's the, uh, that's the best way to eat corn. Yeah. And it gets stuck in your teeth. And I have three fake teeth in the front. Oh. Newsflash. Uh, I have t- teeth implants, and I have to use the side of my mouth to bite the corn off because it's oh, too I much. Oh, I didn't from- know that. Yeah, it's terrible. But I, can- I mean, I've still managed. That's so cute. I'm like the person that limps that still <laughs> like, and he still runs marathons. <laughs> I'm a, I have a teeth, a teeth. Uh, what's it called? Problem. Yeah, tooth problem. Um, and you do tell your favorite corn thing. Oh well, my favorite corn things are. I love. I guess my number three would be a corn chowder. Corn chowder, corn chowder with crab. I mean, yes, absolutely. Oh. Crab can be there. This weekend I made, uh, this is a sidebar, this isn't my favorite, but I ma- had made ricotta cavatelli, ricotta and dill cavatelli, and I threw and them in the freezer. Oh, that's right. And I made them, Becky and Adam came over, and I made them with a little bit of cream and some fresh corn and some extra dill, zucchini flowers, and uh, black bass. That sounds lovely. It was really good. But anyway, so corn chowder... Really, really love it. You can put potatoes in it. You could put salmon in it. You could also go ahead and put a, I don't know. I was going to yeah. try to do like a thing. Frosted flakes. I was going to try to do an NPR thing. Yeah, you could just cover it in frosted flakes. No, but I love corn chowder. I like most chowders in general. And I think adding crab to it can only enhance. Oh, here's another. Remember when I made a quiche and then with, instead I wanted oh, to make yeah. a corn quiche, but what I did was I just you blended, pureed yeah. the corn with the milk, which is very classic. It's starchy, but it, was a wonderful, you know, it's like a corn flan. Yeah, I think corn it, custard. Delicious. My second Rabbit. favorite thing with corn is polenta. Polenta. I like how you said polenta. Polenta. Listen, <laughs> we always had polenta on the menu in Brucey for the most part, almost like every day. You did have day. lots of polenta. And, you know, we we served it as a side. You could order polenta with like red sauce and uh, pecorino and olive oil on top, which is how I like it. At the end of the night, I would always take one little nibble of polenta. I'd put a tiny bit of red sauce on it, a little bit of pecorino, and I'd eat it out of the six pan, which for any of you non-restaurant people is just like a size of It's those, pan. they're like those little metal pans that you see. Yeah, in, and the six one is a perfect square, basically. It's a perfect square. I would take the last bite out of the six pan pretty much every day. That's I like how a, I maintain I like a, my I like physique. A deep, I like a deep nine. Oh, oh, a deep nine. <laughs> yeah, well, who doesn't? Yeah, deep six. Um, um, okay. Wait a minute. Don't you rush me. No, I no, didn't no, say no. my favorite thing oh, yet. Oh my gosh, no. I was thinking, I was actually Get thinking. Get the hell out of here. You just want to say your three favorite. You don't even care. Are you even listening? Hello, Siri. Polenta. I'm going to say this very slow now. You just, I thought Polen- you were done because you said no, my favorite no, thing. No, no, I'm not done. Polenta is my second favorite thing. And what's your first favorite thing? Wouldn't you like to not I do. Know? I can't stand Maybe it. Maybe other people want to know. Um, My favorite thing is popcorn. <gasps> I love popcorn. I, I even, love it. I didn't even get to popcorn. I 
love, love it. it. Hey, Zara, I don't like popcorn. I love, I love it. it. I'd marry it. She I'd marry buy it. it a nice fancy okay. dinner and introduce it to my parents. When we were at the Madison's, the Madison Farmer's Market just this last Saturday, uh, there were lots of people selling popcorn. And we got the mushroom popcorn, <gasps> which is the kind of popcorn. Do tell. It's the kind of popcorn that blooms fully around so it's like a bulbous it's often <gasps> if you ever see wait a minute you eat it off the cob no 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 no. but it's the kind of popcorn oh, if you ever go to that, garrett's of chicago that comes like if you get like a popcorn in like uh like the three flavors that come exactly. in a thing which totally reminds me of my dad he used to get me that every year for well Christmas. We ha- i got a giant five pound bag of it so we oh are my god going to be having did you get cheese flavored no, no, we just got the pop, unpopped popcorn. Oh my god! Yeah, so we can, <gasps> so we can make it ourselves. Oh, that's so exciting! Oh my god, that's. And great. by the way, if those of you who have never, if you want to do something different with your popcorn, here's my recommendation. Oh please, uh, bacon fat. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, I mean, if you're feeling like that, you know, sounds good. Uh, but plenty of butter. Bacon of fat is really good. You know what? Recently, I've been uh, this past summer just really drinking a lot. Not in a scary way. Nobody needs to be afraid. I'm just having fun. I've been like, you know, out. <laughs> Not eating yeah. dinner, coming home drunk. I love it. You're like, nobody needs to be afraid. I was like, except you. <laughs> <laughs> None of us are worried except. Nobody on the street needs to be don't afraid. Worry. I'm I very... don't have a problem. I promise. In fact, <laughs> it's it's not a problem. Look at it. I still go for a run every morning and I'm still reading on my books. My bills are paid. See, so it's not a problem. Look at my skin. I'm yeah. perfectly unwrinkled. Um, no, not like drinking a lot. I've just been like going out. It's summertime. I've been having fun. And oftentimes skipping dinner and then I'll come home and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so <laughs> skipping hungry. Skipping dinner, three martinis. I'm so hungry. And then I'll make popcorn and I haven't had butter a couple times. So I just did straight olive oil and it's actually just as satisfying. It is very delicious. It's really good with just olive oil. I like coconut oil. Obviously, if I'm on my hippie vibe, I'll do some nutritional yeast on top. But my number one fave, you start with like olive oil in the pan. You put a sprig of rosemary in there. Mm-hmm. You put a, thing, a crushed yes. thing of garlic in about halfway through because you don't want it to burn. Rosemary garlic popcorn. Then once it's almost done popping, you throw in a giant chunk of butter and you put salt in when you first start it. And then when it's done and it's still in the pan while it's still hot, you grate um, pecorino or Parmesan all, I've had that all over the top. Yeah. But it's delicious because what happens is the pan is so hot on the bottom that the pecorino actually like gets crunchy on the bottom. So when you're done with all your popcorn, there's like a crunchy layer of griddled pecorino on the bottom of the pan. By the way, everyone listening right now, first of all, thank you again. But I wanted to send a reminder that uh, please, if you need a single recipe or hear something that we've talked oh, about, yeah. please do because our website is uh, being worked on right now. And you can email it has one of those little under construction. Yeah, yeah. A little like dancing penguin. <laughs> life's a banquet show. Life's a banquet show at gmail.com. Uh, and you can also follow us on Instagram and direct yeah. message us. And if you hear of anything or want to remind yourself of anything or have a question, a cooking conundrum, a cooking emergency, don't forget that you can always send us an email. Totally. Or and a direct message. We're going to put up a recipe. We're going to start putting up a recipe every week. Hey, by the way, the recipe of this week, since I just wanted to start doing it, was Please. something that Zara used to have at her restaurant, Brucey, at which I copied when I, I never served brunch at my, at my restaurant in Denver, mm-hmm. uh, but I did serve it once for kind of a dessert. But the corn pancake with yeah. coffee butter. We used to do a polenta pancake. Okay. And, so can you tell us how you made that? Um. Well, I would have to look up the exact recipe, but it's very similar to like what you would do with normal pan with normal pancakes. So it had some regular flour. It had a leavening agent in it. I think baking some soda. Probably baking soda. Yeah. And a little baking powder. Baking soda and baking powder. Buttermilk. And then we'd use melted butter. Melted butter. Melted butter. And then uh, polenta, dry polenta. And, so and you, you let the it dry, sit. That Italian use that nice meringue yeah. dry. And you let it sit overnight. 
Yes, the Moretti dry. You want to use a fine. That's actually a really good point. There's a lot of different kind of polentas out there. Some are very like coarse. You want to use a fine ground polenta for this. Let it sit overnight. And then it's a big fat honking pancake. And you get it, let it get very, very crispy on the one side. And then we you would cook just, it in some butter, right? We cooked it in olive oil. Olive oil. Okay. Yeah. Just as delicious. And then we'd get uh, let it get really, really crunchy on the bottom. And then we'd throw it under the salamander, which is that thing in a restaurant that's bro- like a broiler, broiler, basically. But you can just throw it in the oven. You don't want to. I mean, you also could flip it if you want. And then we would make like a compound coffee butter. <laughs> compound <laughs> coffee butter. When coffee <laughs> talk, we talk about butter. We talk about coffee <laughs> butter. Coffee butter. We, we use coffee butter a lot for different things, which is really just like coffee grounds whipped up with really and nice And you just keep the coffee grounds butter. right in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A uh, little cinnamon, tiny bit of salt and sugar. And then that would go on top. And we Delicious. typically always do some kind of agridolce with it too, a seasonal agridolce. So which means sweet and sweet sour. And sour. Sweet and sour right? So we would do a lot of times like in the fall and winter, it would come with like a butternut squash agridolce and then maple syrup. Horn Delicious. pancake, butternut squash, sweet and sour. Yeah. Coffee butter. Yeah. I mean Or apple agridolce was anybody listening favorite. that's thinking about uh, ruining their lives and opening a restaurant, feel free to put this <laughs> we will help yes, you ruin your life exactly. by putting go ahead, put this recipe it. on it. Actually I walk by an empty restaurant space today on Smith Street and I'm I think I might uh, yeah. I was like, what could I do? Maybe I should uh, Let's open just do another a pop- restaurant. We're working on, Zara and I are working on a pop-up. So. I'm always tempted, even though like I wanted to pull my hair out pretty much every day, and my life is so much better now. When I do walk past an empty restaurant space, I'm like, oh, think of all the... I know, yeah. Think of the possibilities. Yeah, yeah, the possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was a fun episode. What you're a corny. I am. You're, you're corny. Everybody take a picture of your poop, if it has corn in it, I and send it to Brett and Scott at uh, pets.com. Yeah, pets.com. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, listen, again... Uh, go to our Patreon page. Help Please. us support. We need your support. What's your problem, everyone? Nobody wants to give us money for making a podcast. I don't understand. What have we? What, haven't we done everything for you? We have more and exciting and wonderful video things coming to you. We just need the support because it's very expensive to hire editors, sound producers, producers, assistant producers, executive producers, and take time off work. And we want to get some merch made and do some fun stuff. And you that's know. right. But so, stay uh, tuned. Email us. Life's a banquet show at gmail.com mm-hmm. or follow us on Instagram at life's a banquet podcast. Thank you. Oh, and Twitter also is allegedly a thing that we're supposed to be doing, but yeah, we you tweet know. Facebook. We're out there. Yeah. Napster grinder. Yeah. Pets.com. But Hey, visit us in person. We'll take you out to lunch and you'll pay for it. <gasps> okay. <All> right. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Cheers. That's a good idea. Love Thank you. you. Hasta la pasta. Hasta la pasta. Happy Bye. cooking. Happy everything. All of our episodes are recorded right here at Studio 54 at the heart of Fort Fort Green, Green, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Our rock star award-winning sound editor and producer is Christine Farrell. I'm Zara Tangora. And I'm Bretton Scott. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 